0: It's another beautiful, wonderful, blessed morning. And of course, another beautiful, wonderful, glorious month. This is the month of October, 2nd of October, 2003. We want to bless the Lord for his love, his mercy, his goodness, his kindness that I ever knew. Great is his faithfulness towards us. We want to thank God for what he has done, what he's doing in our life. We just want to appreciate him. And of course, we want to also celebrate the life of our brother, uh, Brother Mervyn, who was uh, uh, who celebrated his birthday yesterday. Actually, he does, does not know his his age, but at least he celebrated his birthday yesterday. So a big shout out to Brother Mervyn. If you're watching this morning, may the Father continue to uphold you, may continue to bless you, may continue to cause his good face to shine upon you. Once again, happy belated birthday. Well, friends, welcome this morning. I believe the Lord, amen, to lead us further into His intentions. Of course, you know what we do on this platform. We speak the mind of God, we bring the intentions of God to bear. We speak God's, amen, our counsel for our day. We seek to find the pathway the directions, amen, the instructions, and of course, the motivation to journey with our Lord Jesus Christ. So this morning, I I thought that we should just look into something that I hope will uh, awaken us and remind us again, amen, of our mission, of our assignment, of our calling so that we don't lose, amen, focus. I mean, we live in a day where it's so easy, amen, to be distracted, to lose the sense of existence, to lose the sense of, amen, purpose. And I'm talking about the purpose that is enshrined in the very heartbeat of God. But before we do that this morning, let us pray. Once again, Father, we want to thank you. We appreciate you. Our heart rejoices in you. Yes, we've come to find how to maintain our path in this journey, in this array land, oh God, in, them, in, in this barren height, oh God, we've come, Father, to find how to maintain our direction towards that place, yes, of Christ, who is our ultimate pursuit, which, which is our ultimate, oh God, goal in life. You said that we seek Him daily, yes, you said, for you have not called us to seek You in vain. I thank You once again that as You, yes, speak into my heart and bring these things into my heart lord i pray that it will resonate yes with somebody out there that a friend a brother sister will will look at this thing and say yes how how i need to adjust my own desire and pursuit how i need to realign myself i pray this morning that our words oh god will not just be empty words that we will not just seek words that will just barely yes uh, uh, motivate us no but we want to be galvanized we want to be pushed we want to come into that order where we become indeed the incarnation of the of the message we become yes the, the, the 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 revelation of the letter for indeed the letter kills and the letter means just to have knowledge just to have information and we can run with the letter only to realize that we don't have the life jesus you are the way the truth and the life we want to engage you once again. Open our heart. Open our mind. Help us to develop perspective and help us to maintain, yes, the course, oh Father, of the journey to us, the place of ultimate fulfillment. Jesus, you are the center. You are the epicenter of, of life, of truth, of, of, of grace, of fulfillment, of all that we define to be Christianity. Help us. Grant us direction. Help us to maintain the course, to keep the path, so our life will continue, Father, to reflect your glory. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Friends, this morning we want to remind ourselves of our chief goal, of our chief essence. There are so many things that are important in life. There are several things that we are desired to know, we are demanded to know. There are several realities that are very, very crucial and important, particularly as we live in a day where knowledge is becoming, amen, the chief goal of human pursuit they said today if you're going to succeed if you're going to achieve if you're going to become anything you have to you have to thrive you know, right to have knowledge and that knowledge oftentimes will be backed by some certification which is very important all right so if you're going to be somebody that will be recognized that will be you know celebrated all right at least in the world we live in today you must have all right some knowledge, even if that knowledge has not become you know a, a practical reality in your life, but you must be able to prove, you must be able to boast at least to a certain degree that you know something, all right. That you are you are the best in what you know, all right, that you know that thing to the point that it expresses you know some, some level of confidence. You understand? Yes, that's the world we live in today. But if you begin to probe, amen, that this knowledge that the world is craving for, that all right, we are all being steered to, you know, to gather and to have, which are good, but if you probe the very heart of that knowledge, it is basically, amen, a reflection of vainness. We live in a world, amen, where people are celebrating, amen, you know, vain, vain things, alright? Yes, because all that we are seeking and craving, you know, to gather, to know, to acquire, alright, really cannot save, the soul, cannot bring us to the place, amen, of fulfillment, cannot bring us to the place, yes, of joy, true joy, no matter what we do, no matter where we go, no matter what we achieve, no matter what we seek to become, if, amen, that, that, that pursuance is not centered on, amen, yes, the desire of Christ, seeking to know Christ, seeking to live for Christ, seeking to pursue Christ Jesus, then we have actually accepted the lie and we have believed, amen, yes, the false. And it's on this note this morning that I want to, you know, maybe challenge us to begin this new month, to start, amen, if you will, this last lap, amen, of the year in readjusting our vision. You know, we've been talking about vision for a while. But this vision that I'm talking about is not just about getting to know something or getting to know how powerful or how we are as the church or as the body of Christ or amen, getting to, you know, be able to acquire certain, you know, resources in order to fulfill something and achieve something. This knowledge that I'm talking about, amen, is about the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. How much of Him do we know and how much of Him, amen, do we really truly have in our life? The essence of life, hallelujah, is Christ, Jesus Christ. And that must become, amen, not just some passing, you know, knowledge that we, okay, I know that, But it's not the the focus. It's not your ultimate pursuit. It's not your chief goal. That all that you're seeking to achieve and become in life, amen, is outside, amen, outside the boundary of who Christ is. Because the more Christ is known, the more Christ, hallelujah, becomes reality to us, the more we are changed and transformed. And that's the essence, amen, of Christianity. The essence of our faith as Christians, amen, is to be changed, Into the likeness of Christ Maybe I'm not speaking to you this morning Maybe I'm speaking to myself And that's fine Because the essence of my life, the reason why I exist, the reason why, amen, I'm doing what I'm doing, the reason why I'm here this morning, all right, it's not to impress you. I think that is clear. And we need to also make that clear again in case somebody does not understand because we live in a day where, all right, you know, going online and having some platform, all right, gives you some leverage where people celebrate you, you know, and you become very popular. You become God knows who. That is good. But that is not, amen, Michael. My goal, hallelujah, is to make Christ known. My goal, amen, is to make Christ, amen, known, amen, to the known and to the unknown. My goal is to make sure that, amen, the life, the truth that is in our Lord Jesus Christ, amen, is released as a fragrance that will change, that will draw, that will, amen, attract people into the place where their life can be transformed. Because, of course, this is the reason why Jesus Christ came it came so that we can amen yes be changed we can be transformed and in that transformation we we, we are restored back to the place where our peace amen yes is, is honest our joy is honest hallelujah and all the things that we are seeking for because somebody will think well if only i can just you know marry that dream man oh my life will just come into fulfillment if only i can just have that dream woman if only i can just have that dream job if only i can just have that child if if only i can just have that man if only i can just have that a you know, position if only i can just make that trip all those things are secondary if christ is not the essence if christ is not the purpose if christ is not the focus and i'm sure by now you understand that i'm not talking about some religious thing because it's clear that many of the things that we claim we know and we have amen and even the truth we claim we have about christ are just some you know knowledge amen in 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 a book hallelujah that we have put in our in our shelves you understand we have all this knowledge about who jesus is what he means to us what he means to the world but they are just some books that we have all over. you know we just put them all over the shelf and we decorate amen yes the environment of our thoughts environment of our life amen with this knowledge that have not become amen an imprint of life to us think about what i'm saying that we've replaced so many things so many things with jesus We've replaced Christ, amen, yes, for, you know, for knowledge. We've replaced Christ for achievement. And I'm not just talking about secular achievement now. I'm also talking about, amen, achievement within the walls of the church. We want to be the best preacher. We want to be the best apostle. We want to be the best prophet in town. We want to be the most known prophet. We want to be, amen, the most powerful evangelist that can fill the entire stadia. Come on. We want to be the best, you know, teacher. We want to be the, the best theologian. You understand this? We want to boast of the, the numbers of books that we have written. You understand? We want to boast of the number of, you know, building structures, houses that we have built. We want to, we want to boast, amen, about how we have transformed, you know, society through, you understand, the Resources, the finance, whatever that we have, we want to be able to be there so that people can see what we have done and celebrate us. At the end of the day, it's about you know us is about people seeing us and and celebrating us. But when you begin to study the word of God and you begin to understand and appreciate you know you know Christian history, then you begin to realize that the people that actually changed the world. those that are often not known. When you begin to look into the scripture and you begin to read and begin to see the mind of Christ in how, amen, he related to life and in how he engaged the people of his day, you will notice that he had a total complete, amen, value system from that which, amen, we have come to believe and accepted and in fact are celebrating today. Something is wrong. It seems as if, Amen. We are gradually being, you know, deceived and grad- gradually being, you know, assimilated into what they call a strange gospel. When the gospel that we preach, no matter how fervent, no matter how fiery that gospel is, no matter how impactful that may sound, if that thing loses, you understand, the essence of revealing Christ, then we've both a lie. Then in fact we're preaching a lie. And I try to do this, you know, as the Lord will help me, that even what I claim to know, amen, you know, as his apostolic voice, what I, what I, what I believe I've been sent to do, amen, as his prophetic, you know, messenger, that does not, that those things do not compete, hallelujah, with who he is, with what, hallelujah, he seeks to reveal. Listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says creation is waiting for the manifestation. I'm sure you've read that scripture before, of the sons of God. Now, who are these sons of God? Sons of God, a replica, amen, of the image of the Son himself sons of god amen a revealer of christ sons of god are not there to reveal themselves they are not there to receive to reveal some power they are not there to manifest and showcase you understand some some great wonder sons of god are not just those amen who are able to raise the dead you understand open the blind eyes amen yes heal the sick you understand feed the multitude those things are good but they are secondary when we begin to understand and probe what it means be a son. A son is one that is born of God, that lives for God, that does his bidding, amen, that breathes the breath of Christ. Then everything, amen, a son represents, he images his father. Is that truly what we stand for, what we represent? When we talk about the apostolic in terms of sonship, what do we reduce it to? We reduce it to our governmental position and assignment in the earth. We are the sons of God. We want to take dominion. How can we take dominion or express dominion when Christ himself, amen, is not, amen, the Lord of our life? When, amen, what we do, basically, amen, is what I call, you know, a selective ob- obedience, we celebrate Christ in the area we think, Amen. Resonate with what we believe. Our belief today has become the extension, Amen, of our of our own preference. Our belief has become, you understand, the pursuance of what somebody, you know, said about Christ, about you know His power and His glory, and we're seeking that. Our belief is not coming from a po- from a place and a point, Amen, of personal intimate encounter. How much of christ do you know because if indeed you're growing in the knowledge of christ as the scripture have said that the ultimate of the apostolic is to mature into who the fullness of christ but is that what we preach is christ the epicenter is jesus christ the epicenter of our gospel call it the gospel of the kingdom the reason why today we are all frowning at the gospel, amen, of mammon and what they call prosperity is because people took Jesus out of it. We took Jesus out of it and we focus on material things. We focus on the finance. We focus, you know, on the image. We focus on the on the cast. We focus, you know, on material things. We focus on buildings. We focus on number. The moment, amen, our gospel, yes, is void of Christ. It becomes an instrument in the hand of the devil himself i hope you understand that the devil does not really mind us preach those things in fact acquire those things as long as christ is not in view as long as christ is not the essence as long as christ is not the king and the lord of our life when you read the entire scripture you begin to understand amen the weightiness of what i'm talking about jesus said Everything that the Pharisees were seeking to know, to understand, it's about him. But how could they understand that? Because they've been lied to. Religion is very subtle in deceiving us. I mean, we can be preaching against religion, and in fact, we are the one emboldening and, you know, and fostering the spirit of religion. So like I said, I may not be talking to you. Maybe I'm talking to myself. Maybe the Lord Amen, is using me to talk to me so I can adjust. So I can, Amen. yes, once again, you know, come to the point and place of, of appraising and reappraising my life, my call, my purpose. Because I tell you, at the end of the day, one thing, only one thing will matter. Do you know him? Not know about him. Do you know him? And this is not a message of salvation. Oh no, far beyond that. Maybe this is a footing, but this is not a message of salvation. This is a message of redemption. Christ wants to redeem us from the things that are charming our hearts. You see, you can be so battled with the challenges of the world that you gradually begin to lose sight of Christ. You can be so involved, amen, with life matters. And in fact, maybe I should, you know, redefine what I'm saying. We can be so involved, amen, with ministry matters that Christ becomes a secondary thing. He fades away. And we're so engrossed, so engrossed, in what we want to achieve, that Jesus is no longer there. That the ultimate, amen, is no longer Christ. It's time we reevaluate, it's time we revalue, amen. Yes, what we are, who we are, what we stand for. I want to ask you, you listening, watching me this morning, what is the essence of your existence? Or maybe, I should say, who is the essence of your existence? When Christ is out of view, every other thing becomes an issue in our life. When Christ Jesus is out of view, is out of focus, every other thing becomes blurry. It's like the camera that is before me. Alright? If that lens view, amen, is tampered with, every other thing will become, amen, yes, Blurry you will no longer have a clear image and that is what the enemy does all he needs to do is to touch our vision is to readjust hallelujah our focus and then every other thing becomes blurry you can't see clearly clearly christ amen is the center focus of the revelation hallelujah of our existence he is the essence for existence it defines success or failure it defines, yes, when we are joyful or when we are not. It should be the one defining those things. This is how we know if indeed, amen, we are living a life that is successful or we are actually failing. Failure is not determined by what we acquire or what we lost. Neither is success determined, amen, by what we have gathered, amen, yes, No. Success is defined by the you know, the, the, the view, the, the, the picture of Christ, the more of Christ, hallelujah, that we have in view. Because when Christ is in view and he remains in view, no matter what, amen, they give to you or they take from you, it will not change you. In fact, it will governize you to become, amen, more focused. I'm speaking from a place, I'm speaking from a position, from a revelation. I'm speaking from my own personal experience because we will all be tested. We will all, amen, not just be tested, we will all be tempted. And, amen, in your time of temptation and in your time of test, what will count and what will matter, amen, is how much of Christ that is in view. You see, you never really get to know if indeed you know Jesus Christ until you are faced with the Antichrist. The Antichrist earlier will will, will carry out a function and that function will be to test the quality of the revelation of the true Christ. That's why it's called the Antichrist. Everything that our life is and represents will be touched, will be tried by the Antichrist. But it is the Christ in you that will keep you, amen, in a state of focus, in a state of joy, in a state of righteousness, in a state of peace, in a state of tranquility when the whole world is collapsing. I mean look at the flood that I mean we've been experiencing. I thought, oh, well, this flood is is so terrible. Well, wait until you see the one that is taking place in New York City, America, where they call the for, the first the first first world country. Oh, listen to this. God is no respecter of man. These are are the most powerful people in the world. I mean, these are people who, through whatever system they've put in place, they've sought to control the world. But can they control the flood? And that is just by the way everything, amen, that we think we have and we think we have kept, that we think, amen, we have secured. When the flood of life, when the flood of God starts coming, amen, those things will be exposed. Yes, nothing will be hidden in the days we're living except, our life is well built, well founded upon the revelation of Christ. I want to ask you again, friends, as I ask myself, how much of him do you know? How much of him, hallelujah, have you indeed come to experience that you can testify of, not testify from a point of what I call a make-believe faith, a make-believe faith. You see, you can believe in a lie until that lie begins to sound like the truth. And you can believe the truth to the point when they take you to the guillotine, you say, go ahead. I cannot deny what I know. I've been to a place you've never been to before. I've seen things you've never seen before. I've touched him, he's touched me. In fact, rather than you expressing hate for those who are about to chop off your head, you'll be praying for them. Isn't that what we read about men and women? Hallelujah. Who today their life have become what we read in book as testimony? Disciple amen. So know Christ that in the point of pain and death. They still love their enemy. Is that not what Stephen showed us? Stephen showed us that at the point of death you continue to love your haters. Ah, Stephen was 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 stoned to death because he said because he said, I saw him, amen. Standing up, I saw the Lord. Ah, friends, we need to revisit these things. This is not a message, amen, of of salvation. Maybe it is because today, amen, God is sending back saviors, amen, to his church. God wants to redeem our soul from lie, from the deceptions, amen, that we call truth. What is truth? If Jesus is not in focus, if Jesus is not in view, what is truth? Truth is not the ability that you can make a lot of money while you're losing your soul. We have people today who are professional preachers. We have people in in the secular world who are using... You know, I'm moral, moral message. Uh, recently, i noticed that on social media, it seems every, you know, all the social media is being bombarded by some, you know, m- moral appeasement. You know, do something good, do something nice, and I see it as very strategic. I, I see that, you know, people are being programmed. <laughs> I'm watching this and I'm saying to myself, this, this is unusual. You know, on Facebook or even on YouTube, it's like everybody is talking about, you know, a uh, morality. You know, somebody is to help somebody, you know, and I'm saying to myself, this cannot be coincidental, somebody's manipulating somebody somewhere, that's not the gospel, that's not the gospel, as much as that is good, then all the lies and the perversion and the ungodly things that they are showing us, but I want to ask you a question. Are you seeking Christ or you're seeking something that sounds like Christ or you're just seeking him to achieve something for yourself? The goal and the motivation of any lasting spiritual journey is to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, our quest to fulfill whatever objective. Amen must be in the focus to know Christ and to be known by Christ. Because it's not going to be about, amen, what you know of him in the last day. It's going to be about, amen, how he knows you, how he recognizes you. Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I don't know you. You see, we have to thrive to seek to know him so that he can know us. You say, but Jesus knows everybody. Oh yeah, Jesus knows everybody. But there's a way he wants to know us. That he can stand, amen, Yes, before the Father to defend us. To approve us. I will stand before my Father and his holy angels. And I will deny you. Because you're workers of iniquity. Now, look at what Jesus called, amen, works of iniquity. They healed in his name. They cast out devil in his name. They raised the dead in his name. And yet Jesus is going to say to them, sorry, depart from me. I never knew you. How can doing good, how can you know moral uprightness, amen, be tantamount to rejection? Because the heart, amen, to which those things were done, amen, were not circumcised, were not, you know, in, 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 you know, enshrined in the values of selflessness. To know Christ is to become selfless is to die to your own desire to your own ways is to embrace the truth is to constantly appraise life and its desires and pursuance amen on the scale of God's will as we enter into this new month moving towards the end of 2023 preparing for a year that is going to be very, very difficult and challenging for most people, particularly in the context of, amen, South South African, you know, political landscape. I believe 2024 is going to be one of the most challenging, you know, seasons because there is a war, there's a battle for the soul of this nation. And I can assure you, amen, that the answer, the redemption, Hallelujah, is in the hand of a church, a people, amen, whose life have been totally consummated in the revelation of Christ. Why? Wow. Because they will be the one that will be able to stand, amen, and push back this evil, this power of darkness, amen, that is stirring itself up again, that wants to destroy lives. We have to come to the point and place where, amen, our seeking, our pursuance of Christ is not just some religious, you know, gimmicks and games that we're playing, but that, in fact, it is the essence of our existence so that amen when we pray the power of God can back our prayer we cannot afford to continue to do things in the way we used to do them what am I saying it's clear we need to know Jesus we need to look unto Jesus we need to celebrate Christ as the chief goal, as the chief, amen, purpose of our existence. We need to celebrate Christ in our hearts when nobody's there. We must become, you know, custodians of a time that is invested in seeking Christ, in knowing Christ, in living for Him. We've known too much of, you know, religion. We've known too much of church. By the way, church, the way we know it, is dead, not dying, is already dead. What we're seeing today, amen, basically is just a manifestation of a headless chicken. Have you ever seen a headless chicken where you, when when a chicken amen is, is you know is dead, the, the head is cut off. You still see some form of life. The chicken still runs around, you know, but it's headless. That's what I see today in what in what many people call church. It's in his dying days. We have to see church, amen, from the way Christ defined it. And what is that church, amen? That church is one that focuses his attention, amen, yes, on Christ. In fact, the scripture says that Christ is the head of that church. Have you seen a church that Christ is the head? If Christ is the head, amen, of such a church, that means that what that church is seeing is seeing it through the eyes of Christ. What that church is hearing is hearing through the ears of Christ, amen. What that church is saying is saying is speaking through the mouthpiece of Christ. That's what it means for Christ to be the head of the church. Headship means that, amen, whatever is done is done through the authority of the head. Christ cannot be the head of the church, but somebody else is the one leading. Somebody else is the one in control. That is a Jezebel spirit. That is a Jezebel church. Yes, that is a church that has been hijacked, amen, by the spirit of Word and by the spirit of the Hallot. So it's not the fact that somebody is preaching Jesus. No. There are all kinds of Jesus that we are preaching. We all have, amen, all kinds of narrative of Jesus, amen, that we are preaching. I mean, some people preach Christ. But they preach Christ, like Paul says, out of envy. They preach Christ, amen, yes, to promote and to project their own agenda. This truth is a call for us to look deep into our lives. For us to look deep into, amen, our minds. Listen to some of the things that the Lord dropped in my heart yesterday. More than ever, it is crucial that, amen, we focus on the beauty and the glory that radiates from the face of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do we know that? Do we know that there is a beauty? No, no, no. We cannot know that except, amen, we have invested time to want to know it. Nobody bumps into the glorious face of Jesus by accident. No, no, no. It doesn't happen by accident. There has to be, amen, a vested, amen, yes, interest. You don't find it. It's like a treasure that you don't just kick uh, uh, the ground and then suddenly, whoa, wow, I've just found a treasure. No, no, no. There's a call, yes, to dig deep. The Bible says the deep will call to the deep. If you want, a man, yes, a relationship that is established in depth, you have to pay the price. The price of your attention is required in knowing him. You have to focus because, listen, what you focus on, amen, defines and determines what you're going to see. If you focus, yes, on something else, you're going to have something else. time is given to us as an investment amen for our transformation for our spiritual development for our spiritual maturity what we spend our time for listen it's 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 easy amen to have focus to be focused or to have an objective yes about very powerful important things and yet be defeated amen in a moment of focus in a moment of wrong focus you get what i've said let me repeat what i've said in case you didn't get that it's a lot of for us to have this goal this objective i want to serve god i want to live for god i want to please him all right you've got that in view you've got that in vision you want to do great things for god you want to be an achiever for god but your momentary focus amen is not connecting it's not tallying with, amen, your future focus or your, yes, tomorrow focus. Hence, when situation, challenges or temptation comes, amen, a moment you are distracted and then you are defeated. That is what it means, amen, yes, to sink. That is what it means to backslide. We saw that we were With Peter, yes, Peter. Jesus was in view. Jesus was in focus. Jesus called him. If it be thou you, master, bid me to come. He told him, come. I'm saying that on your way to Jesus, you can still be distracted and you can still begin to sink. It happens to all of us. If you, if you're honest, amen, you admit what I'm saying, because I know it has happened to me. You can, you, you can have Jesus in view earlier, but if you don't maintain, maintain that view, amen, in your day to day, moment to moment, you know, second to second activity, you can be derailed. You can be, you know, you can be adjusted. You can be distracted. That's what we call it. And the Bible says that Peter began to sink. Friends, there are many things that want to sink us in this last day. And these things are not even outside. Of course, there are things out there that want to sink you and not. But the main thing, the main enemy, the main battleground, amen, the main issue that want to sink us are within us. They are deep within us, embedded within, yes, our soul life, that we have refused to relinquish to Christ. Come on. This is not the time to go. This is the time to listen to the truth. Because the moment we no longer track truth, we no longer hear the truth, then we have set ourselves up. We've set we've allowed the enemy to set us up for destruction. You understand? We've got to understand these things that the Lord, amen, is saying to us. These are days where we have to keep Christ in view. So I went for that says. More than ever before, it is crucial that, amen, we keep, amen, we keep focus, we keep our focus on the beauty and glory that radiates from the face of Jesus. You know that a lot of people really want to know, want to have a relationship with Jesus, but there are just too many distractions in and around their life there's too many you know investments into the soul life there's just too many things you know that they tell you you do that but do that you know after you have achieved you understand after you have acquired you know you're not going to eat Jesus have you heard people say things like that Jesus is not going to put food on your table is that true? Jesus is not going to put food on your table. Is that true? If Jesus is not the one putting food on your table then who has been putting food on your table, friends? We've got people in the scripture that in their highest point of service to humanity and to creation, Christ was in view. E.g. Moses. Another example, Joseph. What about Nehemiah? What about Esther? These were people, hallelujah, who had reached, if you will, the peak of human achievement. Esther, amen, was a queen. She became a queen in a foreign land. You would have said, amen, that this woman would have just kept things, you know low to herself, you know, you know, don't, 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 don't project, you know, your Jesus thing, don't come and promote Jesus here, you know, now that you are the queen, you know, on the foreign land, just try to, you know, you know, mingle with them, just try to appease the king and do no, 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 everything she did from the first day she became the queen of our taxes, hallelujah, is for the redemption of our people. Which is a type, amen, of elevating, yes, the spirit of redemption, which of course comes from Christ. That position you have is to elevate Christ. Do you know that? That promotion, amen, that God is going to give to you, it's not because you are so special. No, it's because he wants his kingdom, the light of his kingdom to radiate in that environment. What about Daniel? These were great achievers. I want to achieve. I want to achieve. (laughs) These people, you can never do what they have done. What about Solomon? We saw Solomon is a good example of taking your eyes off Jesus. The Bible says, amen, and Solomon lost strange women. And the Bible said they stole the heart of Solomon away. And everything that David had invested in the life of Solomon as a value system that ought to keep him, amen, was trampled on the ground. Strange women, strange women, in, biblically represent strange teaching, strange doctrine. Every time you read about strange women in the scripture, is about strange doctrine. There is nothing earlier that can so infiltrate and corrupt a man, amen, than strange t- teachings strange doctrine, strange theology. When we allow ourselves to be captured by a pursuance for something that contradicts the life, the truth in Christ Jesus, like we saw in the garden. You understand? Yes. Eve was, was desiring a strange knowledge. She wanted knowledge. She wanted to be wise but she was seeking that knowledge amen yes from an illegal amen you know perspective from a legal point point of view point of view you understand there's nothing wrong in seeking knowledge but when your search for knowledge and seeking power or you know something amen contradicts the life the ways the principles the values the standard the culture of heaven you throw it away. You throw that thing away. I don't care what that thing is. they have pe- been people who rejected, amen, positions that will compromise their, their faith. You understand? Daniel was strong, amen, yes, in alliance then because he refused to bow. He refused to bow to compromise. He had the position. But he said, I'm here to represent one. Listen, everywhere we are, Everywhere we find ourselves, even in our so-called marriage and relationship, we ought to be representing Christ. If Christ is not the focus, crisis is going to be the end. We are here to represent Christ, but you cannot represent a man, a Jesus that you don't know. You cannot represent a, a Jesus that is a third party information. The Jesus you know, the Jesus you 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 relate with, is the Jesus that your pastor preached to you, not the one you have encountered. It says, "In that day, Amen." Yes, no one would need to teach you know the people to know the Lord. He said, "Because I God, I will inscribe my laws." Upon the tablet of your heart. That's where we're coming to friends. Oh God, may you inscribe your law. Not just upon my heart, but upon the hearts of my hearers and followers. Because the things that I say would then become a confirmation. It will not be a struggle. It will be yes, yes, yes. Thank you, thank you. Just yesterday, two days ago, last week, the Lord was speaking to me about that thing. And you have come to confirm it. That's how we grow stronger in our faith. Not every time you hear a word, you're like, whoa. And that's supposed to be a still bread. And you're just munching the still bread because you're not tracking with God. God. You're not listening. You're waiting on the man of God. You're waiting on Isaiah Phillips to come Sunday morning, to come Monday morning, you know, and give you another dosage. No, that's not why I exist. I'm here to affirm, to confirm, amen, and to promote the revelation of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And if you're tracking with him, you will accept what I'm talking about. I mean, was a few days ago, I was preaching You know, somebody from YouTube, you know, joined in, and this person was saying, his name is Elijah. Was saying the things that I'm saying are lies. He said, no, uh, this is lie, this is fake. And I'm like, oh, if what I'm saying is fake, how much of fakeness have you believed, Have you accepted? My heart just went out for this young man. Don't know him. But that's the world we live in today. where Amen. It's easy for people to be deceived because we are no longer feeding our spirit. You see, when you're not feeding your spirit, your soul gets empowered. I mean, we wrote a whole material on that. Amen. Last month, two months ago. Amen. We've got to develop. To develop your spirit, amen, is to feed on Christ. Jesus said, if you cannot feed on me, you have no path with me. If I, cannot, if I cannot wash your feet. And I've shared on that several times. Jesus said to Peter, I need to wash your feet. If I can't wash your feet, you have no part in me. You know what Jesus is saying? Every time you walk out, you, your feet gather dust. But is your feet that I need to preach the gospel of the good tidings. How beautiful are the feet of them who preach the good news. But the more you walk, hallelujah, the more you walk the earth, the more your feet gather dust. amazing, that the same instrument God wants to use, amen, yes, you know, to take his gospel into the nation, to transform life, to bring, amen, society into redemption, is the same very feet, amen, yes, that gather dust the most. But here's the better part that the Lord just dropped in my my spirit now, just now, (laughs) you understand? The feet is also the point where the enemy strike. Remember, the seed of the woman will bruise your head, but you will do what? You will bruise his heel. Where is the heel? At the feet. I rest my case. Is somebody listening to this? We have to constantly keep our feet washed. Because our feet, amen, is the point and place that will lead us, that will bring us to the place that the Lord, amen, wants to be glorified. So, I want to ask you this morning, is your feet washed by Christ? And I'm not talking about some religious feet washing that people are doing in churches. I know a particular man in Nigeria who built his entire ministry on feet washing every month. And you know, because people are very religious, people are very, you know, ritualistic, (laughs) People love things like that. It's feet washing, feet washing Sunday. Oh, the man of God, the bishop is going to wash my feet. You lie to the people. First of all, Jesus only did that once, but he established an eternal truth. He, Jesus, we use natural things to explain, to teach us about eternal truth. Then we take it and build a whole ministry, build a whole doctrine on it. This is how this man built one of the largest churches in Nigeria. Feet washing. Can you see? Because people are so lazy to read the scripture, to know what the Lord is saying. We get deceived. I mean, imagine if I had to start a ministry today. feet, Feet washing ministry. I want to wash the feet of everybody. Particularly if you're having God knows what problem. Just come and wash your feet. You'll be healed. Guess what? You may even be healed. You may even have miracle. You may even have, you know, the result. But guess what? You have become a pervert. A perverter of truth. You've perverted, amen. The mind of Christ. You have, you have corrupted the mind of the people. You've lied to the people. You've taken amen, a strand of truth and you have made it, amen, something else that has brought, amen, yes, a veil, a covering to the eyes of the people. This was one of the reasons why Moses, amen, did not enter the promised land because, amen, he twisted the word of God twice. The first time was, amen, when the glory has departed. The Bible says, Moses, I mean, listen, I honor Moses. It could have been me. So I'm not saying this to spite him. I'm saying that we have to learn. Because if we don't keep our eyes on Jesus, yes, we will also do the same that Moses did. That when the glory of yesterday has departed, amen, we want people to continue to respect us. We want people to continue to sing our praise. So what do we do? We just keep the veil there. There was a period that people saw your face and the glory shone out. Hallelujah. The beauty of Christ, it was revealed. But guess what? Because you no longer climb the hill of the Lord, that glory has depleted. Rather than you remove the veil and go up back there, you keep the veil. The Bible says, amen, until the veil is removed, people will not turn to the Lord. Have you read that in the scripture? So you keep the veil. But there's, no long, there's nothing there again. Is Ichabod, the glory, amen, has departed, but the veil is still there. So the people, amen, following you, presume, they assume that this man still carried the veil. But all you have is just the caricature of yesterday. All you have is just a shadow. The substance is no longer there. The next time the Lord said to Moses, amen, bring the people to the place of the drink. I want you, you understand, to strike the rock once. First time, he says, speak to the rock. He spoke to the rock. The second time, he says, strike the rock once. What what did Moses do? This is a man God called the most meekest man. I'm just telling you that if you think that you're secure, if you think, amen, that what you know of Christ, what you believe, amen, yes, is so assured that nothing can happen. You lie because Moses is an example. A man the Bible called the most meekest man on earth. He struck the rock, the rock twice when they told him strike it once these are the lessons amen that we get to know when we keep our face focus on jesus amen his, his command becomes yes our will his command becomes our breath amen he's what he says become what we do not what we feel Not what, amen, uh, uh, the the, the people want. It's not the opinions of men. It's not what, amen, everybody desire. No, no, it's not, it's no longer about you. He, he must increase while you continue to decrease. But we don't want to decrease in our day. We don't want to find ourselves in a place, amen, where we are abased. Because that's a wrong gospel they've taught us they 've taught us that when we decrease amen we we're we, we we are losers they've taught us that when we amen when we decrease amen we are failures when we decrease amen we you know we, we, we're foolish we're stupid come on that's what amen the, the the falsehood the false gospel that has infiltrated the body of Christ as and this is the reason why people no longer want to go for Christ this is the reason why people no longer want to represent Christ Jesus said if you're ashamed of me, it means that, amen, what they're going to be bringing us into will bring some form of shame into our life, into our space. When you define shame from the world's perspective, I mean, I've been in things all right, that have basically shamed my life. If that's the best way I can put it. And not only do, so I also try as much as possible to do things that, you know, people look at me like, but... But why are you doing that? You see, this is how you maintain a life of humility, which creates the platform for you to be elevated before God. Do you know the first sin, the first very sin? All right, I didn't say the first very sin of man. The very first sin that God's creature committed, Lucifer himself, was a sin of pride. What is pride? It is the elevation of yourself. Pride is the elevation of of self. It's the elevation of your own idea. How many people, amen, celebrate being rejected? You celebrate rejection? No, very few people. <laughs> because that touches, amen, our pride. It touches, you know, the core structure of who we are. We want to be accepted. We want, amen, to be celebrated. We want to be seen, amen, as some, somebody who, you know, who knows. Yes, that's why many people go to school. That's why even after some people have gone to study school, they still continue to, you know, to, to advance in their study, which is good. But when you begin to probe, yes, the agenda why you are seeking that knowledge, why you are seeking that thing, is because you want to be seen in a particular way, in a particular form. Now I give you this, do these two examples. The same person, alright. The same person. Dress normally, dress normally, naturally. Take his back and walk. You just start walking. And you stand, you know, you understand, in the taxi rank where everybody is there. The same person. Nobody notices you. Nobody sees you. Nobody know who you are. Nobody know if you're a Prime Minister of a country, or your born royal, but because you are in the same level that you know everybody is, you do you do, you do what everybody is doing. You also you're waiting to jump into a cab, or into, excuse me, not even a cab. You you want to jump into a, a taxi, a bus, like they call it here. You understand? The same person tomorrow brings you know one of the latest car and drives and stops by that same spot you will see how all eyes will be on that same person. Suddenly, all eyes will be on that same person. They're not looking at the person. They're looking at, amen, the form around the person. They're looking at the car. That is what we've reduced Christianity to. We don't see the person. We see the form. We see, yes, they, they, you know what that person wears and, and, and carries. But we no longer look into the car and say, but who is there? Whoa. Wow, we see, wow, what a, what a car. What, what? This is why many people are going to be deceived. And this is the reason that when Jesus came to earth, he didn't live in a place of royalty. In fact, you know, like I know, he was born in a stable. He was born in a manger. But those who had sight people who had sight outside the boundary amen of where he was born outside the boundary of the nation he was born outside the boundary amen of the city he was born outside the boundary amen yes of the province <laughs> of the lo- locality nobody knew that a king was born but magi wise men came all the way from the east come on friends We're saying something here that should awaken us. We're saying something here that should, amen, give us some sense of evaluation, maybe re-evaluation. Are you a Christian or you're just a a make-believe? Because what you stand for, what you promote negates the value. Of one who follows Christ. Because that's what it means to be a Christian. To follow Christ. He said, follow me. And I will make you. You can't follow if you're, if you're not focused. If you're not fixative. You cannot follow. I mean, how do you follow when you're not looking? If you're following somebody but you're looking somewhere else, guess what? You're going to either fall into the ditch. Or you're going to bump into the person. Or you're going to miss track of the person because you're following, but you're looking somewhere else. Yeah, hallelujah, praise God, amen. You're looking at the people greeting you and celebrating you. Meanwhile, he's gone. He's take the next detour, but by the time you want to keep focus, (laughs) oh yeah, that's an example, amen, of the very mother, amen, yeah, and father of Jesus Christ. They lose focus of him. Through this journey, all to the where is Jesus? Where they were looking for him, but we all came out together. Sorry, you lose track, you've lost track. Many of us are losing track, but we are having discussion around him. We're having discussion about him. We're having discussion around him. You know, we're doing our home, home, home fellowship, house church. We're doing, uh, we're going to church. We're doing this. We're busy. You know, we're preaching, but we've lost focus of him. He must be in focus. He must be in focus. Yes. in that your job. He must be in focus. In that your business, he must be in focus. In that your relationship, he must be in focus. In that your marriage, he must be in focus. As you deal with a man, your friends, your boss, amen, he must be in focus. When he's in focus, you hardly misrepresent him. Hallelujah. I'm saying to us that as we enter this new month, let's 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 remind ourselves of this basic but most important aspect of our relationship. Don't be fooled. The Bible says the Lord know, knows his own. There's a subtle deception that, that, that is drawing our gaze and attention away from the ministry of beholding the face of the Lord is subtle, and this thing, amen, veneer itself, amen. We're doing some relevant thing, of seeking some relevant thing, but we are moving gradually away, we're shifting focus. And as we shift focus, we shift direction. Have you noticed that? That when you're off focus, you're off direction. So, looking unto Jesus, amen, it's not an option for you and I. It cannot be an option. It cannot be a secondary thing. It cannot be, amen, yes, an afterthought. This is a present day apostolic Amen. Truth. The reason for the apostolic Amen is to go with the strength of the Lord. Is to keep Jesus in focus. Is to maintain a lifestyle that reflect Christ. That showcase Christ. That honor Christ. It's not It's not a message you preach in a ministry. It's a ministry that is reflected in a message. Christ our view. That is how we will be able to finish well and finish strong. When you are losing focus, you need to stop and recalibrate. You need to stop and recalibrate. Because the enemy doesn't really care about what you've achieved. He bothers about what you're becoming. And nobody becomes anything in the in the in the in the in the in the, in the constituents of spiritual reality without keeping Christ in view. John 5 39 to 40. Such a profound scripture. Jesus said to the Pharisee, You pro over the scripture. The word pro means you investigate, you search out, you seek diligently, you invest time, countless time, proing over scriptures because you what? You presume. That's the danger. Because you presume that by them you possess eternal life. Oh, I've invested much, much time. we invest investing resources. You can even start, amen, to run your own Bible center, Bible school, run all kinds of things. Build the biggest church. If all of that are built a base on presumption, there's a problem. You can read that scripture for yourself. Jesus is speaking to Amen, the greatest religious system of his day of his era. These were people who who can be defined to be said that they are the offshoot Amen of the mosaic, you know, ministry. Yes, the mosaic ministry. But yet everything that the scripture speaks, let, let me finish reading. You pro over the scriptures because you presume that they that by them you possess eternal life. So uh, uh, okay, let, 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 let me read on. Let me read on. This, listen to this. This these are they amen, these are the very words that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me. To have life. Wow. I saw the scripture yesterday. I'm like, God. From Genesis to Revelation, Jesus says, The scripture speaks about me. Like I always say, and I would challenge those who say, Well, the Old Testament is irrelevant to the New Testament church. You lie because you never read the word of Jesus Christ. If the Old Testament is irrelevant, why do we have it in the Bible? Why do we have it there? Why did the Lord took time, amen, to record these things? Because everything that is written, amen, from the beginning to the end is about one person. And that is what a lot of people have missed out. Tithing is about amen. Yes, Jesus Christ. The law and the prophets. The Torah is about Jesus Christ. The civil the, you know the, the, the civil laws Jesus gave, I mean, the Lord, the, the, you know, the, the, the Father gave a man, you know, Mount Sinai was about Jesus Christ. The kind of lifestyle they called us to live is about Jesus. Jesus is the central team. Tell me, show me. Any you know, subject in the Bible. At the end of the day, it's about one person. The Bible says, you know, Paul puts it better. He says, he says, He feels all things. Amen. Yes. He is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. You know what that means? We will never be able to exhaust the revelation of Jesus. We will never till a million years, till a million years we will continue, amen, to to seek to know. We will, in fact will continue to, you know, to fall upon truths because truth and life they're elastical. When you think you when you think you know something today, tomorrow they're going to show you something else from that same truth. Amen. Jesus is eternal. The Bible says, amen, of the increase of the peace and increase of his kingdom, there shall be no end. There are volumes of books men have written about Jesus. All the discovery, amen, of human science. All the discovery of physics and biology and chemistry, and you know, all the ideas of nanotechnology, all of the things that people are seeking to probe, you know, uh, the discovery of life in outer space, and all of these things that you know, the world is pumping money, you know, uh, billions of dollars into to find to discover, you understand those things are but a drop in an ocean when it comes to seeking and knowing the revelation of jesus think about that you never get to know yourself and you never get to be fulfilled in life regardless of your state or status without christ being the chief amen focus on the center of your pursuit, you will never get fulfillment. You will never, never. Life was not designed to believe fulfilled outside of Christ. Religion, amen, is not an alternative to Christ, to seeking and to knowing Christ. That's why, amen, men of God, amen, are going to be in big trouble, particularly in this last day the things you're teaching and you're promoting, if it's not to reveal Christ, if it's not to give people an independent knowledge to know Jesus for themselves, ah, you're going to be in big trouble because you're going to become God's enemy number one. In fact, you have taken the position of the Antichrist. That's why the Bible says, amen, the Antichrist sits, amen, in the, in the house in the we didn't amen the temple of God sits on God's throne in the house of God you know oftentimes when we talk about the Antichrist we're looking for uh, some pro- politician from B- Brussels from the EU country that's that's the lie in theology false theology as as preached you want to find the antichrist look within the house. According to the scripture, the Bible says he will sit, meaning that this individual will be somebody, amen, that people in the church recognize. They accept this person. They love this person. You know, sometimes that gets me scary. And the Antichrist is not just about the personality. It's about a spirit, amen, that has infiltrated, amen, yes, our meetings. When we start elevating certain things, certain ideology, certain belief system, amen when we start amen putting certain people individual either amen spiritual or politician in a, in a pedestra amen yes of power that God has not put them, we have become indirectly or directly the Antichrist. Christ must be exalted as the Lord of Lords in this last day and this is why the Lord is speaking. what is in focus? What is in focus? Is Jesus Christ in focus or something else? Or another Jesus? The Bible says before he comes, many Jesus, amen, will be promoted, will be projected, amen, yes. And of course we live in that day. There are all kinds of Jesus men are preaching. Somebody is killing another person, but he's killing that person in the name of Jesus, but I'm doing that, I'm doing that in the name of the Lord. How can you be doing that in the name of the Lord? How can you be expressing hate in the name of the Lord? How can you be, yes, promoting poverty in the name of the Lord? How can you be promoting division in the name of the Lord? How can you be promoting, you understand, racism, amen, xenophobia in the name of the Lord? How can you, amen, be instigating nations to fight each other in the name of the Lord? But these are the things the Bible also already said. Yes, in the last there's going to be war between ethnos, yes, tribes. Within South Africa, you understand? Yes, people are fighting each other. And I'm not talking about foreigners now. I'm not talking about South Africa's fight. I'm talking about South Africa's fighting South Africans. I'm talking about, amen, a promotion that, that you know, that that, that elevates one, one part of the state, one part of the province than the other. You like it or not, amen, there's this hatred between, you understand, those living in Johannesburg, you know, in Count a, amen, and those in the Western Cape. There is just this rivalry.
1: There's a rivalry
0: from amen, from those living in, in, the, in the eastern cave to you know those living amen, in the southern, they, there's just this rivalry. there's just somebody's promoting that there's a spirit promoting that. So don't say well, he's talking about no, I'm talking about, I'm talking about people living here. If we have Jesus in view, those things will never be mentioned among us because the very people promoting these things are church goers. Some of them are apostles. Some of them are prophets. But you know what? You know you know the kind of apostles they are. You know the kind of you know, prophetic ministry that they have. A prophetic ministry that promotes hate. Either amen, to a foreigner or to your own people. Amen. It's an antichrist spirit. Why are we saying this thing? Because we live in the end of days. And we have to understand the nature The only way we can survive the end of this is to keep Jesus in focus because he's going to be the one, amen, defining, hallelujah, and balancing our sense of understanding and truth or else we're going to be deceived. What is the truth if Jesus is not in focus? What is the truth if Christ is not the king and the Lord of your life? What church are you going? Sit in your house. What ministry you claim you have? When you basically, you're diverting the heart of the people to something else. And this is why you cannot preach Jesus without the cross. Because Christ, hallelujah. Yes, rather the cross is the revealer of Christ. The cross is the epicenter of the revelation of Jesus. You cannot say you have Jesus Christ and you hate the cross because it's the cross that reveals Christ to you. What is the cross? It's a place where your flesh is nailed, where your idea, your belief, your preference, your desire is nailed. Yes. So, there's a price to pay in knowing Jesus. Guess how Jesus defined it? He said, you want to know me? Take up your cross and follow me. That is not a call to go on a jo- you know jolly ride. That is a call to bring y- y- yourself, the ministry of self, to death. And until self dies, Christ will not reside, will not resident in you. You may have something else that sounds like Christ, that you've been made to believe is Christ. And you will, you know, try to use that thing until you get to the place of frustration. Have you ever been to that point where you so believe in something? Only for that thing not to produce. After the kind, after what you thought, amen. And you're frustrated. But they told me this is right. You, they, no, they told you a lie. They gave you the lie. They gave you the wrong thing. Find the path. Find the path to Christ Jesus. And that path starts there. you dying to yourself, because He Himself said, "I am the way. I am the way to finding me. I am the truth to finding me the truth. I am the life to finding yes, the life." amazing. This is what I want us to look into in the month of October. I hope we will begin to adjust our view. Let's not be like the Pharisee who are very busy in searching scripture but are doing it on presumption. Father, we thank you this morning. You are the revealer of your son to us. As you reveal Christ to Peter, we want you, Lord, in our day to reveal Christ to us because you've committed a walk into our hands and we cannot presume, we cannot go on a borrowed axe, on a borrowed revelation. We have been charmed away by so many things, distracted. So we pray this morning shake whatever can be shaken so we can once again have Christ in view. Bring us to the place of true understanding of what really matters in this last day. Help us to hear that almost distant sound, fainting sound of Christ. May we journey towards that place of sound so we can have clearer, yes, voice. Oh, Father, we pray. Help us. Grace us. Enable us. May we not run only to discover that we have run in vain. Help me to always remember what matters to you. Not what I think, not what I presume. Oftentimes in ministry, you expect certain feedback that (laughs) romances our ego. Yes, we all do it. We expect people to respond positively to us because we've given so much. But even that is vain. Promotion does not come from the north or from the south. It comes from you. Help me to remember that in my service and in my sacrifice that you are the Lord of the harvest. That you are my great reward. So even in this state that I am, that I don't know where to go. North, south, east, west. I wait on you. I trust in you as I keep you in focus. To lead me. To guide me. To instruct me. So that you, Christ, at the end of the day will be glorified. After all, we live for your glory. The essence of our existence is to glorify you. Paul said, in life or in death, I want to be found in him. I want my life to glorify him. Lord, it's easy to say these things when... We have people around to motivate us. But when we are alone and we are bombarded by those lonely battles, those lonely arrows, there is a type of war that we face when we're alone. It's different from the type of war we face when we're people, when we're in church and everybody's there and we're motivated. If we're defeated privately, how can we... Have victory, even with the shout and the scream of a million, hallelujah. So we pray, God, we want to know Christ, reveal Jesus to us. May not just become some passing by thing we do, but may become the very investment of our life and time. That I may know him. Paul said. All that I've ever achieved. I count them but dong manure. To grow the seed of a heart. In quest. Of knowing the Lord. Of pleasing him. This one very thing I do. He said Paul. I forget. Oh father. May we forget the vision of yesterday. Of what we thought we know. And even of what we have known for you are calling us into a fresh higher ascended revelation of your son. Because it is in that point that we get to know who we are, what we are called to represent even for this season. As we engage the days like the days of Noah. As we engage the spirit of giants and amphibians upon the earth things that challenges our beliefs and values, as we engage powerful satanic demonic spirits that seeks to want to bury us alive, as we engage complex destruction that wants us to sink in the quagmire of life, help us to keep our focus in Christ, on Christ. Because indeed he is our solid rock. On Christ the solid rock I stand. Every other ground. As sinking sand. May we see that. May we know that. That there is no secure place upon the earth. Except in Christ. Who is our firm foundation. That there is no place we go. That we can say oh we are secure. We just saw what happened in New York. The whole city flooded. Flooded. It's a prophetic handwriting. You're telling us, you're speaking to us to draw nearer to you, to move to the higher ground. Oh God. Help us. Help us. That when we see flood in our communities washing things and people away, Help us to remember what you said about the wise and the foolish who both went to build their house. Oh God. You say one built his house on the revelation that is called Christ. That's what it means. The rock means Christ. On this rock I will build my church That rock, hallelujah, yes, came from heaven. Flesh and blood has not revealed these things to you, but my Father in heaven. Oh, may we come to that point? Because we can see cracks all around the nation. We can see cracks all around society. We're seeing cracks in homes, family, marriages. We're seeing cracks in the life of men and women. We're seeing cracks all around. Even in our institutions. Because these things were never built on Christ. And There's a great collapse. There's a great scream. There's a great shout. There's a great cry. The foolish built his house, invests his life and time, money, resource, time on that which is called a sinking sand. Why? Because those things that were built will be tested and we're in that day. As we have seen infrastructures men have built for donkeys of years, for decades and centuries being tested by new challenges, by new yes assaults from the works of, of of the enemy. As we've seen those infrastructure, yes, collapsing and capsiding. we need to remind ourselves that it's time to rebuild according to His order. Yes. Imagine if you have a house that has the ability to float, and you live in New York. As things are falling and crumbling and water running down subways rather than you, you also sinking. Your house just starts moving. You just start moving. You have the prophetic GPS to direct. Won't you become the talk of the town? Won't your life become Captured by the CNN and the BBC's. Look at that house. is floating. But that was what Noah did in his days. So Father we ask you. Once again. Give us. The ability to come to your heel. To hear. As Moses spent time. To receive the divine blueprint. There is a divine blueprint you want us to To receive for our day. The security that men built. 50 years ago. Does not suffice. In fact. 10 years ago does not suffice. The kind of challenges. And attacks. Coming to our doorstep. So we have to maintain. Yes. That constancy in the spirit. To hear what the spirit of God is saying. In order to constantly, continually calibrate our security uh, apparatus. I pray that in this new day, that will not depend on the old. Because the old is past and is passing away. He said, behold, I do a new thing. Show us the technology of the new give us vision of what the new looks like so we can build it. Even if that new is being rejected. Because the day came. They came to knock at the door of of Noah's ark. Noah opened, opened the door for us. Sorry, it's too late. You mocked me. You spat at me. You rejected. You laughed at this thing. The Lord has closed the door. May we not get to the end and only to realize that we've bought the lie. That we've bought deception that we thought was truth. Help us, Father. Show us your light. Show us your mercy. Grant us grace. Help us to continue to look unto Jesus Is our compass? Is our vision? He is our strength. He is our wisdom. Oh Father, touch our heart that we may love Him again. Not love things about Him. No, no, no. We want to love Him. Some people, many of us love things about Jesus, but we really don't love Jesus. It's like somebody going to a marriage, you know, for a reason, a selfish reason. You You love things about the man or about the woman, but you don't love the person. You love his ability, you love his skill, you love his money, you love his talent, you love his charisma, but you don't love him or her. That's what we've seen. That's why our world is collapsing. And when that person begins to live a life based on his eternal knot, his depth, his value system, you wake up, you say, sorry, I don't love this thing. This is not what I want. This is where the severing and the separation begins. God help us. You're speaking to us in symbols, in parables. Lord, I've made up my mind. Yes, I do want your power. I do want your grace. I do want your anointing. I want your blessings. But these are all secondary things. I want you first. And I don't know how to do that. That's the honest truth. How to want you first. But as you open my mind, you open my understanding in teaching me how to sacrifice every other thing that are secondary that I want to place first. As I do that, you're helping me to understand how to love you first. And I thank you. Because there's a price to pay to have you first in our life. That word first is very important not just in the alphabet order of the Roman but also in the Jewish order of values and culture first it's not just about you know one it's about beginning it's about life it's about authorship it's about priorities about value it's about standard the way we understand first in our modern day life is totally different from how, yes, it was designed and intended to be understood. So when the Bible says the man is the first, is the head of the house, you've got to understand that first goes with headship. It's not something we fight and struggle to, to believe or to accept. You've got to understand the the, the 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 numbers of God. When the Bible says He is the Alpha and the Omega, first is the Alpha. In the world of you know psychology and and even uh, uh, um, neuroscience, they will tell you the Alpha aspect of thinking is the point and place where we we'll make decision. May we understand? what you're saying to us in this end of days. May we not fight your values and the cultures of your kingdom. May we embrace truth that sets us free because freedom is what we want, but we cannot be free if we have taken our eyes of Jesus Christ. It's everything we will ever need. It's everything we will ever need to study. Because we can study things and study about places and people. But if we don't study those things in the perspective of Christ, then those things will really not make meaning to us. Somebody give him thanks this morning. If you're watching and you're listening, I want you to thank God for your salvation, for your redemption. I want you to bless him this morning and say, Lord Jesus, I really truly want you to be first in my life. I want you to help me to come to the place of knowing and accepting you as my first. I want to maintain focus on you. I want to live my life to glorify you. I may not know many things, but I want to know this one thing. That you are and that you mean all that you said in your word. Teach me your ways. Lead me in your truth. Guide me in your path. Grant me strength to keep focus, not to be distracted and be derailed don't want to look back and become a pillar of salt. I want to keep my eyes on you. When I keep my eyes on you, I move. I don't want to turn back. I don't want to go back to my old life, to my old ways. There's nothing there for me. Lead me on, Jesus. Hold my hands. I want to walk with you. Come and bless him this morning. Let this prayer be genuine. All that we seek for in him are the things that we are going to stand for before the Father. Have you thought of that? And when you die tomorrow, or today, or whenever. Now, all the things you've achieved in this world, none of those things are going to go with you. Think about that. Just think about that. I mean, everything I'm using here, I've got this nice, you know, a a microphone. I've got my iPad here. I've got my phone. I've got, you know, all these nice things. Camera. Think about that. If I have a car, which I don't have, (laughs) a house, All of those things will be owned by somebody else, will be taken by somebody else. Think about that. Just let that sink in. That you brought nothing into this world. That the only thing you're taking out of this world are the things that you have done for God or the things you have refused to do for Him. We're going to be judged on that. So keep Jesus in focus. Amen. Thank you so very much everyone this morning. I hope once again, we've been able to encourage each other. I hope this word has brought some perspective and direction into your life. I pray that this word will really push you to the place of really seeking to want to know Jesus Christ. Not some religious bedtime story. Some ideas that man has you know cooked up together but truly seeking and searching, going on the journey. But he said, if you seek me diligently with all your heart, you'll find me. So I hope you find him as you move into this new month and as we journey towards the end of the year, and move into the next year. Thank you, everyone. Really appreciate your time. Yes, I do. God bless you. I'll see you again. Enjoy the rest of your day. Love you all. Bye-bye.